Hello everybody, welcome to this edition of The Coaching Conversation. In this series, we're looking to help business owners, business leaders see how coaching can help them and their teams be the people they want to be, achieve the things they really want to achieve in their life. We also aim it at fellow coaches. What we're really looking to do is to show them our experiences and hope that that inspires them and helps them develop their own skills and practices. I'm Graham Wiley. I've been coaching business leaders and business owners around the world for the last two decades. Nothing more to say now other than get ready, get comfortable. Here comes this edition of The Coaching Conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of The Coaching Conversation. Our subject this week is all about non-executive directors. Are they coaches? Are they consultants? Or just what are they exactly? I'm really pleased to be joined this week by my guest, Mark Fuller. Mark and I have known each other for ooh, a very long time. Very long time. We've worked together on a bunch of things over those years, and we've both been non-executive directors and continue to be non-executive directors in a number of different organisations. So, Mark, please introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us all about where you've been and what you've done. Okay. Leave the bad bits out, just the good bits. Okay. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, as Graham said, I'm Mark Fuller. Um, started life as an engineer, a chemical engineer, and I was working for a, um, a service business called Schlumberger, and I did seven years with them in the uh, Far East and uh, in the Middle East. When I came back to this country, I qualified as a chartered accountant with Grant Thornton. Got the timing wrong because uh, qualified just as we went into a huge recession. Uh, but I was very lucky. Grant Thornton um, helped me massively, got me a secondment in a couple of years of qualifying. Um, that was with a private equity business in Manchester. Uh, I was supposed to go for six months, but down to A, the uh, the MD and owner of the private equity business and uh, a wonderful partner at Grant Thornton. Um, we managed to find a way whereby I could join the private equity business. So I did uh, just over 20 years in private equity. Um, me and um, well, that partner and I and the, the team at uh, the first place I went, we turned a very successful fund. Um, Got a lot of money back to the investors. But the world was changing a bit and we needed to um, look at where we got our money from and who we worked with. So we became uh, a uh, house for a London-based business. I then got asked if I'd go and become MD of a business in Liverpool, which was effectively newly formed. There was four different groups of people who were being brought together and they needed that sorting out and then directing as a new investment business. So we had 107 million um, to invest. Uh, so I did that for eight years. It was a wonderful experience. Um, came out of there in 2010. Um, and then I suppose 2012, um, a good friend of mine asked me if I wanted to be deputy chair of a leadership group that I had been a member of since 2004. 
Um, and I thought it would be a good idea. So I went into that mode. My, my wife said to me um, when I was thinking about raising a new fund, um, why are you doing that? You know how to do all of that stuff. What, what do you like doing? Which really forced me to look in the mirror and go, well, actually, I really love working with um, owner, managers, senior leadership team members of small, medium-sized businesses. So she said, well, why don't you do that? And to cut a very long story short, I became the chair of that group in 2015 when I bought the franchise. And then in 2018, um, that became part of what's known as Vistage now. Previously, it was the Academy for Chief Executives. So I've had a wonderful experience with great executives over an extended period of time doing stuff I love doing. And I do that with Vistage. I've got a, a chief exec group. I've also got a senior leadership group, which is all about helping um, future leaders advance themselves. Um, and I do quite a lot of strategic work, non-exec work outside of the, the Vistage cloak. That's me. I'm very lucky. I love what I'm doing. It's Thanks, Mark. Thanks for that. Um, we both had extensive experience as non-executives. We both continue to do that alongside our other day jobs. If you were to ask the question for somebody who was perhaps thinking about being a non-exec or hiring a non-exec, you know, are they coaches? Are they consultants? Or is it something else completely? Wow. Well, I think, you know, in the context of the question, which is about um, being a non-exec, you and I know that you can be effectively a non-exec whether or not you're a director so you know you yeah. have to be really careful about your yeah, own sure. yeah. individual position but in the context of the person thinking about whether they want a non-exit everybody is different so every every opportunity every leader um i will start at the beginning which is to try and get a really good understanding of how they love working um, and I think there's a, a difference between coaching and mentoring. I think there's a difference between being a non-exec and coaching and mentoring. And I think you have to develop your skills as a non-exec around asking the right questions and trying to decide what is appropriate. Um, I have to say most, most of the um, leaders that I work with do appear, prefer to have much more of a mentoring approach than, you know, somebody trying to tease an answer out of them. They're busy people. Um, but I think you have to be very mindful as a non-exec as to what you are and aren't saying and how you say it. I think that's right. I think from my experience, you, you definitely use any coaching skills that you've built up over the years. You, you clearly 
use an awful lot of mentoring. You're, you're going to be offering an awful lot of advice based on your own experience. And and I think you do act as a consultant in many ways. You are the objective person. You're not as close to the detail. And, and you do use your knowledge and observation skills to assess a situation and, and give input, give, give advice. So I think you do act as a consultant and a coach. And I, I also think you, you do something else. I think you become part of the business. You are part of the team, albeit part-time, albeit detached in some ways. And And if you're not keen to be part of that organization for whatever set of reasons then don't do it don't go, go find something else to do with your time and more importantly if you do become part of it own it enjoy it be be as much a part of the team as the rest of the people there who are perhaps committed to it full time you mentioned earlier about some of the um, issues around liabilities you know you can be a non-exec you'll be a shadow director just by giving advice in a certain way over a certain period of time so you become a de facto director and that brings with it all sorts of legal liabilities as a as a non-exec you've got exactly the same uh, legal responsibilities as as a full-time executive so when, when you're in those kinds of situations what steps do you take to minimize that risk or to mitigate that risk from your own point of view Oh, good question. I think you need to look at um, the legal documentation that you have in place between you and the company um, or your company and the company. I think you have to look at if if you weren't a non-exec, would you what would you say to somebody who was thinking about becoming a a non-exec? So Directors and officers, liability insurance and all of that is actually quite important. Yeah. Um, for me, it's about do you get on with the people that you're working with? And even if they don't all the time, do, do they listen and think about what we're talking about? Why is that important to me? To come back to the question you asked, I don't think you can completely protect yourself. You have responsibility as a director, if you're a shadow director, whatever, you have a responsibility to the company and what's the company doing and to its um, stakeholders. And I don't think you can get away from that. So there is a level of liability, but that's where your questioning, the quality of the people that you're working with, the progression, what do you, how do you feel matters, matters a lot to me. I, I think it does. And, and for me, one of the biggest feelings is trust. Do I trust these people? Are they telling me the truth? Are they, are they telling me everything I need to know? Have I got a comprehensive picture of what the situation is? Do I feel comfortable that i understand the risks that i'm taking yeah. and and sometimes the answer to that is in certain situations no i'm not i mean i've had a as you would have done also situations where the risk has been too much and, I, and i've felt obliged to take steps about that there have been issues around health and safety in organizations where i've been uncomfortable and issues around financial propriety and and, and i've stepped up and said I'm sorry, but I don't like that. I don't think we should be doing that. Yep. So 
I think you you do have the responsibility to look after your own liability, but it does also build on whether or whether or not you've got a high level of trust in the people around you. And if you don't, you probably shouldn't be there. Yeah. Is the yeah. truth. Yeah. One of the other aspects that always fascinates, I think, people who are who want to be a non-exec or are thinking about a portfolio of non-exec careers, is are they always the same job? Do you rock up and do the same job 10 times? Do you have the same conversation 10 times if you've got 10 non-exec roles, or are they fundamentally different? Uh, at the moment, I've got one, two, three, Three and a bit type. <laughs> and they are all completely different. Completely different. Um, different sectors, different industries, different people, different. And and that mirrors my experience. I, I think every one of my non-exec roles I've ever had over the years and continue to have now are, are just different. They're in a different situation. They're in a different sector. They are, could be in growth. They could be in decline. They could be yeah. privately owned. They could be part of a public company. A whole raft of different factors come out to play. And the job that you're doing is different. They want you for different reasons. One, one of my uh, non-negative, I've had for over 20 years, which is bonkers. But I, I perform a role of a, of a largely a link between a foreign ownership and a local management team. But much, much of my time is is performing a buffer service between two fairly strong management cultures that are very different. Yeah, and it's and because I've been doing it for so long, I'm I'm almost a trusted mediator, which sounds ridiculous because in addition to all of that, there is all the normal commercial management stuff. So yeah, I I think they are always different which gets me back to a slightly different point which is when you're thinking about becoming a non-exec director with another company i i always ask so what do you want me to do what's the problem you're looking to solve how do, how do you feel about that when you're being invited to get involved with somebody i i think i think that's absolutely um a good question to ask and and to be patient and difficult is the wrong word, but determined in getting an answer. Yeah. Um, my own values, I, I do need to like, appreciate, get on with the people that I'm working with. Um, they don't have to always listen. They don't. <laughs> And, and they don't. But one of the things that I feel, and I don't know if it's a non-exec thing or it's into the coaching side of things, but I'm always intrigued, I'm always interested to be able to try and judge or form a view as to whether or how someone might react if I held a mirror up to them and said, look in the mirror. Do you really, really mean what you've just said? Mm. Um, and I, I, I feel that's quite important, actually, both for the organisation and for the individual. From an organisational point of view, and we're talking about non-exec, so there is an organisational point, point of view. You're there and you serve the business and its stakeholders. 
That's quite a tough question to ask a chief exec, especially yeah. if you're worried that whatever they're talking about um, might impact on any stakeholder quite significantly. And that isn't to say they're wrong, but it really is to say some things you have to challenge. And I think relationships, trust, all of those things matter. Um, yeah, you need to have the confidence in the relationship to be able to say, excuse me, I, 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 we're not going to, we're not in agreement on this yet. No. And I think that's absolutely correct. Which gets on to the next sort of area. What, what, what are the key skills you think, or the key attributes of a, an effective non-exec director? What would they <laughs> exhibit? Do you think? What would they what? What would they exhibit? What would they show? What bring to the party? If if you're looking for a non-exec and you are serious about that, um, I think at the core around behaviours and people's behaviours. I think their values and their approach to whatever they're doing really actually matters. Mm. You know, just getting somebody in to sign a, a non-exec contract is a very easy thing to do, but you could have completely the wrong person. So I think, you know, their, their values, um, how they approach... Um, conversations that are going on in the board, how they start conversations, how they communicate what might worry them, um, how they how they show up. So rather than just being led by whatever the, is in the board papers, actually they're going to say, well, how do we make these better? Or are we missing out on something? Or um, I think somebody who has the sort of personality where they can't get on with lots of people who are going to struggle more. Um, yeah. But you also have to be very careful about, you know, protecting the company and your position as a director at company's house or otherwise, you're still a, you know, a director. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a real mix of things and you'll probably, Probably agrees. I certainly my view is that none of us have a full complement of things, um, but that's okay because everybody is different. So people prefer different things. Um, I've I've been a non-exec director in the past, and I've sat on this board and just thought I'm I'm just a name to have here. I don't feel like I'm a non-exec. I mean, I didn't stay in the end, but. Um, that's a really awful place to be and and, and feel. Yeah, I, really I can imagine. One, one of the skill sets, I think, that people who want to be a, a, an exec, they, they've got to come from having been in many board meetings, preferably in many organisations. I think you need to understand what a board meeting is. And, you know, it's not a management meeting, it's a board meeting. And I think that's, that's relevant. I, I think... Basic skills around numeracy and financial management, and so I, I like entry level givens. There may be a need, depending on what it is they want you to do, to have some kind of connectivity to the sector or the industry or or the situation. If perhaps someone's getting ready to 
sell the business or float it or something. Some knowledge of that kind of transaction might be very relevant. So there might be relevant skills or experiences to the precise moment or sector the organisation's in. But I think above all else, they they have to have these really, really good interpersonal skills where where they're, you know, emotional intelligence, where they're able to fit in without compromising in any way anybody's values, without simply caving in they've got to be able to challenge but do it in a way where people respond respond one, positively. yeah i think that's right well, when i'm thinking about do i want to do this we mentioned it quite a bit earlier first of all why do they want someone mm-hmm. the second thing for me is Do I honestly think I can add some value here? Not all the time, but do I honestly think that I can? Because I could think of many an instance where I probably couldn't. And, you know, I think it's a fair question to say, well, what are you doing here? You know, quite apart from anything else, you're not adding any value, creating a a distraction, and you're taking risks you perhaps shouldn't. Um, So I do think it's important that you look at can you add any value here? Um, but people, people are people, you know, you're going to work out quite quickly, um, what sort of people they are, what the values are. And I always think there's quite a good test in the getting to know you and getting the information to, to think about whether it's something I would want to do is the, is the quality and the care around the answer to the questions you might ask. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the way in which they approach your involvement is very telling. It's yeah. the seriousness, the, the responsible approach, the integrity, and all, all those things get wrapped up in the way in which they go about the appointment. One of the things that often is a, a feature of a non-exec is that they, they've been already through a career or are coming towards the end of a career, and, and this is a next step how how do people who perhaps put together a portfolio of non-exec jobs so they, they don't actually have a full-time job anywhere anymore and their job is a series of part-time jobs how, how do they in your experience stay on top of their game how do they how do they keep themselves up to date how do they keep themselves fresh what are, what are the ways that that can happen well i'm smiling because one of the ways is what I do with the Vistage Chief Exec Group because, you know, every month um, a reasonably large number of chief exec meet and it's a peer-to-peer forum. So, you know, we we talk about all sorts of um, issues that might be real now for different people or what people are worried about that are coming down the track. Um, so so there is that. I think that I would feel a lot less comfortable myself, and certainly in answering your question, um, if I didn't do that and I didn't run that group. Because, you know, I'm getting highly regarded professional speakers in every month to speak to the group. And we're having the conversation in the group in the afternoon. And we're a very open and honest group. 
But if I'm outside of that environment, um, you can you can do some things, but I think it's personally, I think that's quite hard. So, to, And I think you raise a really important point, which is how do you stay current? You know, you raised the point earlier on, how do you... How do you become a non-exec? They need these skills. They need this experience. But if you haven't been a non-exec before, you haven't got those skills. You haven't got... And therefore, the ability to demonstrate skills and talents and experience at different levels will eventually get you to that. But it's quite hard, I think. Yeah. How do you I, find I, that? I, well, I, th I think it's... What you've just said is true. I think it is hard. And I, and I think if I turn it on its head... I love the variety of the non-exec job. It's why I love doing the coaching that I do. I meet all sorts of people doing all sorts of wonderful things yeah. and being able to help them is a, is a great joy. And and for me, the opportunity to learn from every one of those roles, to, to learn from every one of those coaching um, assignments, and I do belong to a Vistage group, so I know exactly what you mean about peer-to-peer -peer learning. I think it's absolutely... It, it's a joy i enjoy it. it it isn't for me difficult i'm very curious about stuff and i will explore and learn and you've and just used the killer up. word you've just used the killer word the killer word is curiosity if you fancy doing a role like non-exec and you're not curious how can you help the people that you're working with how can you change anything how can you prove and being curious requires you to be proactive and out there. Yeah, it does. It does. And we both have multiple non-exec roles. If you turn that on its head, how do you feel about companies having more than one non-exec at a time? Um. I'll, I'll answer it in, well, how do I feel about it? Um, I'm not sure I feel anything. The question I would ask is, are the, are the roles of the individuals as non-execs clear and well understood and agreed? Um, why are those individuals both on the board and how do they help one another to make the bigger picture um, bigger, better, stronger than their individual bits? Um, I'm just trying to think. I don't, I haven't had the experience of a number of non-execs in the same organisation other than in the public sector? I, I've met it um, two times. It's not common. Um, and it does require everything you said, clarity of role. Why, why are either of them or both of them there? What are they there to do? And... Without that, they're going to bump into each other and and not necessarily provide consistent support to the team around them. 
where I have seen it and see it work very well was where one of them in particular had a very, very specific skill set. And in this context, it was technical. Yeah. And that person knew an awful lot about a very important aspect of that particular business, which was almost a unique skill. Mm. And that limited the contribution they could make insofar as its breadth. But when it came to the point in hand, it was invaluable. And so I could see, and, and it did work, it worked very well. They knew what their limitations were and didn't really have any interest in straying beyond those subjects. But when those subjects came up, they were enlightened, you know, they were just a light on fire. So I've seen it yeah. happen. It can happen. I think it in a small business and in a um, non-public company business, you need to think carefully about it because it can be overkill and it yeah. can literally um, spoil the effect if you're not careful. I think that's right. There's the capacity, you know, for two people in that position to actually cause more damage than... Yeah. than if, if two non-execs don't agree, what are the execs supposed to do? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> as, as we come towards the end of this conversation, I mean, I we both will have had many glorious moments, memorable moments as a non-exec. So have you got one really great, uplifting experience and one, oh, my gosh, I wish that hadn't happened moment that's happened to you as a non-exec? Yeah. I um, caveat what I'm about to say um, from my time as an appointed non-exec to a business where um, we were a private equity investor. So you and I know that can be completely different from what most people are looking for, but legally, everything else, you're in the same thing. Yeah. And to be faced with a conversation with the chief exec and the FD where instinctively I felt they had given up the ghost. Instinctively I felt they were now flapping about and instinctively i felt that we'd lost our investment i have never felt quite as sick as that and that feeling of helplessness that feeling about um was i on things quickly enough did i ask the right questions soon enough all of those things you can't they come they come big time um but I'd also, you know, just say at this point, um, entrepreneurs, you you know, you've started a number of businesses. You've run a few, a, a few businesses, but you've also started and sold some businesses. Yeah. If it were so easy that anybody could do it, everybody would do it. It's not. So these challenges come, and it's about how you how you treat people, how you behave, how you get your um, thinking in order to protect 
as many people as you can because the situation isn't going to change, is it? No. And um, and just just to add, I, I've I've been in situations as a non-exec. Particular one was a, a health and safety incident. Someone got badly hurt. We all felt dreadful about it. Yeah. I don't think we had behaved as a board or as an organisation negligently, and neither did the health and safety executive. But it didn't stop it being very, 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 very painful. Mm. Um, and then again, there's the elation, the, the times that been involved in a business that, that has either been sold at a great price or has done something it's made an acquisition or it's penetrated a new market it, it's achieved one of the things that it really set out to do that was never going to be easy but it got there that the elation the, the joy is is as real for you as the non-exec as it is for everybody else in the team that's, that's absolutely happened, right that's happened multiple times and yeah so it is, it is a joy yeah um, I'm going to bring the chat to a close, Mark, and thank you very much for your time and your shared experience. Okay. The audience will have got a lot from this, I'm sure. Um, if anybody would like to reach out to you, perhaps learn more about Vistage or learn more about your experience as a non-exec, how can they get hold of you? Um, well, I am on LinkedIn. Brilliant. Um, my... I can give an email now, is that yeah, right? Yeah, do, yeah, please, yeah. So my email is mark at purebluevision.co.uk. That's my consultancy. Um, my mobile, 07831-179-555. Um, I'm always open to a cup of coffee and a conversation. Um, if somebody was interested about Vistage and what does it do and what's the group like, they should talk to you if you don't mind me saying that. So, you know, in the first instance, what's it like? Because um, you will know um, the group that I run, the group that we we got um, has an average um, age in terms of membership for uh, of over five years so people stay with these groups so you know i'm sure you could give great insight to people if they were interested in that um but yeah a cup of coffee conversation may not be right today could be right tomorrow um i'm always open to do that excellent once again thank you mark and thank you for listening and for watching and we'll see you again next time on the coaching conversation. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. That was the latest edition of the coaching conversation. Hope it was useful. Hope it did what it was meant to do for you. If you want any more information about our coaching practice, it's at the executivemindset.co.uk. While you're there, you can book your own free session, which will give you a much deeper insight to what coaching can really do for you. If you enjoyed the session, please give us a good rating. And if you want to reach out for further information, do email me at the executive mindset at sagegreen.com. That's about it for this time and look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.